Welcome to Redefine Beauty. I am Kristen Bauer, and this is my podcast where I share and offer a new perspective on beauty through the lens of beauty as an internal vibration expressed externally and then witnessed by others. It starts with love and compassion for our bodies and for our lives and the gift that we are to the world. And hopefully this helps my listeners to connect to the truth of beauty. I feel like I grew up in a reality where beauty was very dependent on what my face and my hair and my body looked like, and this set me up for failure. I now believe that beauty is an energy. It is our life force and it shines from within. It comes through the love that we have for ourselves and these phenomenal bodies that we are gifted with. A blemish, a line, a bit of cellulite can never take away from our true beauty. When we learn that these marks are messages from our body and respond to our bodies with healing and nurturing, remarkable consciousness begins to blossom. Our beauty doesn't age and it doesn't break down. It gets wiser and more magnificent as we learn to discern our own truths. And when we clear and share our true amazing self, our beauty is a gift to the world and specifically those around us. Today, I'm honored to be joined by my very good friend and definitely an advisor on all things spiritual, Amalia Satya Natalio. Amalia is the founder of Karmic Kindness, a spiritually oriented space for those looking to transcend the confines of their current reality. She is passionate about relationship dynamics with yourself, with partners, and with family. The mission of karmic kindness is to uncover your innate talents to clear karma, which she will teach you is actually old fear and transform your life experience to align you with your true soul destiny. Amalia creates a safe and nurturing environment for those for this alchemical process to unfold gently and gracefully. Karmic kindness's signature program, which is called soulful life. It melds together years of experience and training in the coolest things. So contracts, astrology, galactic astrology, Reiki and energy medicine, hypnotherapy, gene keys, human design, moon cycle wisdom, oracle and tarot, and lotus white flower essence to support and pave a path to transformation that lasts. Girl, you have been busy with all this amazingness. So. Amalia, first, I really want to chat a little bit about your main area of focus, which is relationships. So tell me a little bit about our relationship with ourselves and how this can really help someone to find their true beauty. Oh, Kristen, this, this, I'm so excited about this conversation because this is a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. The relationship with self is always that first rung of the ladder for us as we are climbing up and and being able to see the bird's eye view of how all of these relationships and pieces fit together. And the relationship with ourselves is built on, in, in my experience and kind of my philosophical and theological uh, mindset on this and energy set on this is that we come into this life. Now, first of all, I guess I need to to preface this with the way I see things is we have past lives or parallel lives, if, if you will, that influence what we experience in this life that we look around and we see around us today. 
So we come into this life with past life karma. So this old fear that we carry with us. And some people can access these memories. They may be connected to us directly. They can also be part of our ancestry, our lineage that's carried through our DNA. Up, you know, it, I, there's a lot of talk about seven lifetimes, I believe, or seven generations. I believe it can be even broader than that. It's really the origination point of life here on earth. And then if you want to take it out into a, a galactic uh, perspective. There's so much there, but for the, for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to stick with old fear that comes in. We're just going to say from a past life that in this life may or may not make logical sense to us. So we can look at things that happen in our childhood and say, okay, well, this trauma that occurred is the reason why I have this fear or the reason why I don't allow people to come into my heart because I was hurt as a child or whatever the story or whatever the experience might be. When we begin to unravel and uncover not just the actual events that happened in our physical reality, but we begin to understand that some of this came from a previous lifetime, we can start to unravel these knots, like a, a bunch of necklaces all tangled up together. We start to be able to, to untangle and unravel these little knots. And then we begin to see these different pieces of ourselves. We realize like, oh, this story I have around this thing that happened isn't who I am. It doesn't define who I am. And we put that one to the side and we give it reverence and, and honor and we leave it there. And then we start working on the other tangles and the other knots and begin to see that all these pieces, while make up who we are, aren't who we are. And we begin to then see who we truly are, why we're truly here, and be able to use the gifts and talents that we have that were covered up, that were in the midst of all of that tangled mess of necklaces, if you will, uh, be able to really shine that soul light out into the world, which is pretty much the basis of, of Soulful Life. My Soulful Life program is to really get to that gem of yourself and be able to, at that point, shine your light as, as you truly are, not who you have been told you are, not who you feel like you have to be, or that you're supposed to be, or that your religion or your culture or your family has dictated that you be. It's who you really, truly are. And do you think that a lot of this stuff is unconscious and people don't realize it, or people are pretty aware of it? I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on their um, their, what is the word I'm looking for? Their, um, readiness to pay attention. So there's a lot of people who go, I know I keep attracting this type of relationship. I keep doing the same things and they see the pattern, but they're not really ready to look at themselves and their role in that pattern to change it. So I think it, it depends on where that person is and how, uh, how, ready they are to, to kind of get dirty. You know, it's like dig into the, to the mud and take a look. Uh, Cause it's, it's not easy work to really look at that, those kind of icky sticky parts or what I call them, the icky sticky parts of yourself. Yeah. I feel like for me, I, I think I'm always super ready. And there were definitely things that I have worked on with you and other coaches of mine that I was like, no problem. Like, let's look at it. Let's be honest. Let's shift that. And then there's other things that I feel like I've been working on forever. And I know that they're there. 
and there's still there's still more for me to look at and resolve and work through and keep going but i really feel for me that was one of the biggest parts of embracing my inner beauty was was primarily me i mean when i really got in touch with myself and found myself and learned how to love myself through my whole process then i feel like personally the things that i was here to do and share were able to come through without this like veil of guilt and shame and fear and all the old stuff that was kind of just limiting that expression, that natural expression of mine. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And just because I know you, I know you've had a very, you've had a challenging journey and you've also had beautiful openings that have come from those, from those challenges. And even in the darkest of times, there's always been this shining light and this, this essence of the gift that you're here to bring into the world. And I think that, that you are able to so beautifully shine your light and shine your beauty, you know, really uh, emanate that beauty out into the world and inspire others to do the same thing with all of your work, not, not just Narish, but this podcast and all of your passions. And I think one of the key pieces, like one, one key takeaway for the listeners, I think is pay attention to what you're passionate about those things in your life that you just freaking love to do or the 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 things that that light you up that you may do for a career but maybe you do just because it means a lot to you because those are going to be your little guideposts those little glimmers that are going to really keep you on the path towards yourself you're not moving farther away from yourself you're actually moving closer to yourself and in doing that you're also connecting people that connecting with people that have similar viewpoints that have similar mindsets that have similar energy and you're lining up with the people that are meant to support you on the journey and that is so huge that is a game changer on so many levels and i feel like too it's sometimes it's super easy but sometimes it's hard it, like looking at yourself i i know like one of my teachers one time said to me something that really stood out this was probably like 25 years ago the easiest thing you'll ever do and the hardest thing you'll ever do is change your mind and so there's some aspect of that that can be really difficult and i, I feel like when you have those things that light you up you're and you really commit to them, they, it doesn't matter how hard it is or how long it takes or whatever, you're just, you, you know, you're going to do it. And so like that confidence is also really supportive in going through this whole process. Oh, absolutely. And I think it lines you up with your innate talents. You mentioned that earlier, you know, being able to realize what your talents are. And, and another really simple thing that you can do, which makes people very uncomfortable, but I think this is a really easy baby step into some of this work, is to ask five, and I'll give you bonus points if you ask 10 people close to you, what are your top three to five favorite things about me that make me, me? Okay, I'm, I'm and, right, literally writing it down. <laughs> because you are going to find out through this very simple question, what some of your talents are. Without someone like me that can look at all these different charts and look at all the, come to all these different spiritual sciences to tell you or to ask you questions that lead you to yourself, it's you literally asking the people that know you best, 
what they love about you, what your talents are, and make that question something that suits you, but really, really courageously asking and receiving. Okay. And the other key piece to this is when you get the responses back, accept them with gratitude and with love, because we as human beings, and I will say particularly women, we're notorious for this. We dismiss compliments or we just swap them away and really, like whatever, <laughs> yes, yeah. or like, or it's no big deal. It's fine. You know, and, and just really be able to accept what people are saying about you. And I'll tell you the when, the first time I did this, I was literally sweating before, as I pushed send, because I, I just thought I felt so uncomfortable asking the question. And I was terrified what people would say. And it was one of the most powerful and beautiful experiences I had. And it really helped me access who I was on the inside. And I think that's redefining beauty in a nutshell is like the outside is great. You know, we all want to take care of the outside of us because this is how we initially engage with the world. But the inside is the energy and the lightness and the brightness that people really see beyond the external stuff that we always think about. And so accessing that part of ourselves, the true nature of ourselves, that is where true beauty lies. That's where the gold is. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I like my most gorgeous friends don't fit into a look or a style. They're different body styles and weights, different, you know, like facial structure and the way they take care of themselves. And some of them put a lot of effort into external and some of them are just really simple and basic and they're just this amazing glow about them that even if you don't think about it, people are attracted to them. There's just something like really yummy and juicy and and that invites you in to like appreciate and enjoy them. And it's so funny, you were talking earlier and I totally caught myself. So when I wrote down before, to ask my friends about like the top favorite things that they like. I originally like started to write down 10 and then I unconsciously was like, oh, let me just do five. So I'm not putting, making people do so much work. Yeah, Cut it's it. so true. Yeah. Okay, so I do wanna talk about relationships with partners, but you brought something up and okay. I, I wanna cut to this first. You talked about uncovering one's innate abilities and talents. And so I know you mentioned this one trick, uh, but tell me a little bit, a little bit more about that and really how that is of value in people's lives and processes. Okay, sure. I would love to talk about it. So one of the spiritual sciences that I, that I work in, that I actually learned from uh, a, a mentor and mutual brother, uh, soul brother of, of ours is something called soul contract and the soul a soul contract reading is basically an, a vibrational analysis of your name at birth it's based on the numerology of moses it's not religiously affiliated however it's all about sound and the energy that it carries and the meaning behind that vibration and it is such a powerful tool for you to understand your karma which we've talked about and your talents. And so the talent part of it from, from, from my experience working with clients and also from my own personal experience is that 
similar to what we were just talking about, about asking people what they love about us and what they feel our talents are and the things that we're innately good at is to be able to see in this, what I call a spiritual scientific format, what your talents are, that we may not even recognize or, or realize our talents. So uh, let me, I'm trying to think of an example. So for me, one of my talents, a spiritual talent of mine is to be able to access divine wisdom and be able to take that wisdom and put it into a place that is understandable for people that feels very safe and nurturing and nourishing for people. And that is, or, or can be very esoteric, very um, otherworldly concepts and bring them into a form that they can understand and that feels accessible to them. Those are things I've done my entire life, but I didn't realize was a talent, nor did I realize that it could be connected to a job, a career, uh, a, a passion for the work that I do in the world. And so it can be, your talents can be connected to your career, but they don't have to be. And I think that for most of us, the things that we do naturally, we again, tend to shrug off, like it's not a big deal. Everybody can do it. Well, no, not everybody can do it and nobody can do it the way you do it. So really being able to have someone witness you and have someone share with you these parts of yourself that you don't think are a big deal, it makes you realize how awesome you are. And it also, when working with, with someone like myself or someone that, that does a lot of this work is that you're able to then see how your talents directly affect your karma and how most of us are set up or we set ourselves up really to have talents that will help us move through these karmic wounds that feel very challenging and allow us to, to move through with a lot more grace and ease and love and compassion for ourselves. That's awesome. It, we are incredible. We are so, we come here with all this stuff to work on that can sometimes feel like a hindrance. And yet we, we came here and gave ourselves the, the moment we're born, the name that we're supposedly given, None of that is by mistake. We set ourselves up to win. It's so amazing. I think about all the time, you know, I had to learn this stuff. Really, I think I started in my very late 20s, like 29 and, and, you know, in through my 30s and now I'm already in my 40s and how incredible and exciting it is. And like what I've been like, my parents did all this stuff with me. So the great part is, you know, I have an 11 year old, if you guys don't know Essie. So she's doing this. Oh, I know. And she is so excited to know about her astrological signs. And she uh, is so excited to like tell people and share about herself and to learn about her talents and these innate abilities and these things that she's so good at. And she's so excited because one of the first things that she learned was that she learns really good through movement. So she goes to a homeschool co-op and she has figured out for herself that the things that are most difficult for her to understand, she actually understands better if she's climbing a tree while she's learning them. So, yeah. And she's now like blasting through things that last year when she wasn't in this type of schooling, 
she really had difficulty getting and it took like, you know, it took a really long time for her to digest that stuff. So I, I'm just so excited. I think for everybody, it, it should be, this is school. I think this stuff is, is our schooling, our education, getting to know ourselves. So we talked a little bit about like getting to know ourselves. Obviously we have tons of different types of relationships out there. I think the big two that we, that we have in our life, obviously our family, we all have those. And then partnerships, like relationships with a partner that we call into our life. We call them in for very specific reasons, whether they're there for a short time, a long time, a lifetime. I really wanna know a little bit about how you see partnerships impacting us finding because really it's all about us right so it's going back into into just learning about ourselves so how do these partnerships show us to help us reveal more about us so that we can again dive deeper into this self-exploration process oh this is one of my most favorite topics like i'm obsessed with relationships i just think they are so fascinating and they are so rich with lessons and gifts and challenges, which most people are like, well, F that, I don't want any challenges. I got enough challenges, but in the challenge comes the gift. And with relationships, you know, think of relationships as a mirror. Okay. So you imagine your primary partner, whoever that is, and imagine the two of you are looking at each other. Okay. And imagine, just recall to your memory, a time when, when your partner really irritated you, like they were just pushing your very last button. Okay. And imagine you're looking at each other. Maybe even if people want to close their eyes and, and try this, obviously, if you're driving, listening to this, don't do it, but just imagine that for a second and notice where in your body you feel whatever that is, the tension, the anger, you know, the frustration, the, I'm actually going to close my eyes and go into that myself and just really feel the feeling you have when you're looking at this person in your mind's eye after they have officially, excuse my language, pissed you off. And now you're not going to like the next step, keeping your eyes closed and staying with that. Now I want you to imagine that the person, your primary partner sitting in front of you is now you looking at you. Because what's really happened is they have awakened a wound in you, an area of yourself you don't want to look at, an area of yourself that you don't like. And now what are you telling yourself about what this energy is? What is showing up for you? What is happening? What is that? What is that energy, wherever that energy ball is, or that frenetic energy, or that tension in your body, what is that telling you? Wow. What memory of something in your past comes to mind? So, you know, and there's a whole process I go through with people where we can really get into that and dive deeper, more deeply into it. But I think one of the biggest pieces of this for people is that when we're, you know, I think in the Course in Miracles, it, they, there's a, a, a passage that talks about, I'm not going to quote it, I'm just going to give you the broad strokes of it, that talks about, you know, you're never angry with the person or the situation that you think you are, because it always comes back to self. And so our relationships are the best 
place to learn about ourselves because we are opening ourselves up in these relationships to these people to to um, to connect with us on a really deep level, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We're allowing our heart to open and potentially be hurt in this relationship. We are uh, engaging with them and communicating with them in ways that we might not with other people. And so therefore we're also being very vulnerable. There's all sorts of energetics that are taking place. I mean, and that's where I think the spiritual science lens is really helpful because working with people, I can show you exactly how the energy flow between you is affecting you, but you don't even need me or anyone like me to, to be able to help you access and show you those parts of yourself that the other person is helping you see, even though you may be really angry at them. It's, it's not about the, the situation, you know, and your mind is going to really play with you and there's stories and justifications around, well, he did this or he did that, and it's his fault. Um, I wrote a, a book about my my marriage um, for 25 years that, that did not work out. And there was infidelity involved in the relationship, and it was not a good time. And you know, you tell people, oh, well, you know, my husband, we're not together anymore. He, ha he had an affair. And I usually don't open with that. But I think in that situation, people immediately go to, well, it's his fault. He had an affair and he's a jerk and blah, blah, blah. But there was so much more at play. And I think that's the part where we really have to stop the story and really look underneath that and be willing to look underneath that to see what lesson and what gift is lying underneath for us. Yeah, that was incredible. I, I teach a lot in the water ceremonies that we're never a victim of anything and that, you know, everybody's so big into manifesting these days. But, you know, like one of the foundational things that you can't be a manifester and a victim at the same time. And it was so incredible because when you took us through that process, I immediately when I tuned into how I was feeling in like a made up situation with, with Chase, I immediately had this like overwhelming sense of compassion, not just for him, but also for myself. Mm -hmm. I saw how like he was supporting me in seeing this thing that's been trapped in there for so long that just wants to be loved and to be seen and to come through and to be released. And that was amazing. Wow. That's, wow. that's, that's awesome, Kristen. I mean, I think how, not, I think how, how I feel, how powerful that is that you were able to access that level of compassion, which I think speaks to how you and Chase, and I know both of you. So obviously I, I know a bit about your, uh, relationship and the inner workings of it, but how the two of you now it's you're, you're riding the same energetic wave. It's, it's not so much the stories that, you know, I'm sure there are always moments that the other person's going to irritate you for whatever reason, but the underlying energy is the sense of compassion and connection and love. And that, that's where we're all really, I think on a soul level are, are, are looking to be. Yeah. That was amazing. If you guys are listening to this or watching this, whatever you're doing after this just take two minutes and do that practice that what that was really really incredible thank you for sharing that you're welcome 
Wow. And we're not going to talk about it in this podcast, but just since we're just talking about me and Chase, I, we're going to do another little micro podcast. So I just want you guys to know that when Chase and I were picking our dates to get married, we did this whole amazing process with Amalia to figure out what was the exact perfect date for us to get married. And it was so incredible. Um, and it's deep. It's, it's not, you know, it's not just like this tiny little thing where you look at some numbers and some charts and, and figure it out, but it's such an incredible process. And I'm really excited on our next micro podcast to talk more about that because that is like one of the coolest things. And I think as far as setting ourselves up for winning in the relationship, obviously we have you, we work with to really like keep the lessons and the the depth in the relationship and the healing process open because like you said we are that mirror for each other but like even just to start the marriage like just knowing internally this one really cool aspect of you know picking a specific date that was perfect for what we're trying to create in our relationship is so magnificent and it creates this foundational level of trust in the journey and there's no specific like it has to be this or it has to be that but just knowing that whatever we go through this intention is kind of like ingrained in the stars in this whole process that we're going through i love it absolutely and i i if i could speak to that just briefly yeah please when it when it comes to any of these spiritual sciences it's also a matter of interpretation so if if each person were to really attempt to set their life up for success. It's about your intention and it's about who you're drawn to at that time for support and guidance and, uh, and, uh, you're kind of like your way shower for whatever that, that is for you. And so if Kristen and Chase had gone to somebody else, like somebody that does similar work to me, but she, or he might have a very different take on it. But we're drawn to the people that we need in that moment for what we need in that moment. And that is always perfectly aligned with where we are and where we're going if we're clear on the intention. So I I think the two pieces of this that I I would love people to, to really anchor in is whatever is going on in your life, what is your intention around it? So for you and Chase, it was to really set yourself set yourselves up for a successful marriage built on certain fundamental pieces that Kristen shared with me that um, it's not mine to share here, but those were very important to both of them. So that those were the avenues that sent me where I needed to look in my, like my energetic opinion, so that that would be exactly where their foundational structure would take place. When it comes to big life decisions, like selling a house, buying a house, getting married, getting divorced even, it's really important to be intentional with how you do it and when you do it. Also the naming of a child, super huge, because as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, that is going to be the energetic signature, the life signature, the soul signature for this baby being, as one of my teachers calls them, to come into this world. And there have been times where where the parents ignore the little whispers of the child or the ancestry and give the child a name that is not suited for them. And that really makes their life a lot more challenging and difficult. 
you can change your name, which actually I did after my disentanglement slash divorce, because my name no longer suited me and the, and the path in my life, because I was a totally different person. And, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, some people might go back to their maiden names, but I decided to change my middle name and go back to my maiden name. And now my life is completely different than it was then. So there's, there's intention around the dates. There's intention around the energy. There's intention around the experience that you have. And there's all these different ways that you can really set yourself up for success on so many different levels. Yeah. When I was pregnant, I wanted to name Essie like Gaia or Paonia. I had all these wild names and I didn't know you back then, but I went to uh, one of the intuitives that I worked with at the time. And I asked her to, you know, I did, I went to her to channel the baby's soul more than I went to my midwife <laughs> and see how she was doing and things like that. And one of the things I asked her is what does she want to be named? And she chose her name Essie. And I think it's just, it's the sweetest. Also, my mom wasn't alive um, when I was, I mean, she's not now, but when I was pregnant, even she had already passed on. And my mom's name was Esther. And I was going to name Essie's middle name Star, which is after Esther, but I never thought of like her first name or anything. So the fact that Essie, I mean, she a million percent picked that name. There's no way the intuitive could have chosen that. Like that was for sure. And she's got the name she picked. I, I think that's just incredible to go through life knowing that you were really a part of that whole process of you being here and not you know, not like totally reliant on your parents. Like this was this collaborative experience. Oh yeah. And Essie is Essie, you know, you, you meet her and she's totally Essie. So, you know, I, I honor you, Kristen, for listening, for having the openness and the willingness to ask the question and then to honor the answer. And, you know, it's the proof is in her life and, and who she is. And, what I have found to be true is that our children choose us as our, as parents, and they know exactly what they're getting and they choose us because they know exactly what they're getting. This is what they, they have chosen to experience in this life. And so I think that's another piece. And we're not really talking so much about the parental child relationship, but it kind of ties in with what you were sharing is that we can't, we can't really screw up. You know, like there's so many times I, I, I'm also a, a certified hypnotherapist and I did my training and going into the subconscious mind and learning all these things. I, I left there thinking I have totally screwed my children. Like they are going to be completely, uh, just for the rest of their life, they're going to need some sort of therapy and all sorts of things. And what I've come to find out since then is that all of the things that I thought that I did that screwed them up or that made their life harder were exactly the lessons that they wanted and needed. And that how I show up now matters. And that then was exactly what I needed to do then and what they needed to do to then. And now I've learned from that. And I show up very differently with my kids now. And so for all the parents listening, give yourself a break and realize, you know what, we're going to mess up. We are not perfect. We're all here to learn and to grow and to experience all the fullness and the beauty life has to offer. So don't worry. Your kids are okay. You're doing the best you can. And it's, it's all divinely 
guided and orchestrated. Yeah, that's so nice. That's so important for parents to hear. I think Essie, every night when I put her to bed, I always thank her for picking me to be her mom because she really has healed. She started teaching me when I got pregnant is when I started learning all about organic and holistic and natural. And I always tell her, you were my first teacher teaching me from the inside. So it's powerful. Yeah, so sweet. So I know we're getting kind of close to the end. I do want to ask you one really important question. I want to know what would be the one piece of advice you want to leave our listeners with in their experience of finding their own true beauty? You know, you, you laid this question out for me when we were talking about this and I purposefully left it to, like didn't really contemplate it because I, I really wanted to feel the energy of our conversation before answering it because I feel like there's always this, this like separate, energy of, of whatever is happening in this moment. That's so important. And I think when it comes to, when it comes to beauty, that the inner beauty that we all carry and the external beauty, they're really one in the same. We've just taught that they're separate. And so the, the key, the, the, the key element of this, I, I guess that I would want to leave the listeners with is the more you nourish and nurture the inner part of you, so imagine so uh, that you have inside of you this flower that is whatever flower that pops into your mind, that's your flower, at least for this moment. And I want you to imagine that this flower, whatever it looks like, like your flower may be beautiful and bright and vibrant and really full of life, or your flower may look like it needs a little extra TLC. So whatever that is, just really play with that imagery and if your flower looks like it's it's rocking it, then keep doing what you're doing. Okay. If your flower looks like a little wilty or a little sad or like it doesn't have that joie de vivre, you know, that, that spice of life, then what can you do to bring that into your inner world? And it could be as simple as a walk on the beach or sitting on the earth or having a luscious cup of tea or wine or whatever it is, like, how can you nourish and nurture that flower that is you? And as you do that, that is when you're really externalizing that inner beauty. And that is to me. And from my experience, that's really when life begins to show up for you in different ways. And you begin to see the beauty around you that you may have missed because your flower was a little wilty and sad and not feeling very vibrant. All right. And give yourself some water. <laughs> Simple tip. Yeah. Drink water. I love it. That is so awesome. I just want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing. There were so many little nuggets of wisdom and really amazing uh, tidbits about what you do. There's so much that you do. So obviously we couldn't cover all of it today, but we'll do a bunch more of these. I want you guys to know that if you're really looking to invite self-care into your life, one of the most valuable tools that I have ever found is getting a coach. And I have a couple coaches. So Molly is one of my coaches. 
um, get a coach. It is incredible. Everything you want to do in life comes through you. And having someone to really sit and support the process of getting to know yourself is phenomenal. Really, everything you want to create in your life comes comes through you. So you should be your, your first full-time job. And if you guys want to uh, get to know Amalia a little bit more, uh, she has these amazing uh, coaching programs and courses and workshops. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you for one more minute just to tell people a little bit about what you can do and how they can find you. Okay, awesome. So let me start with how you can find me. So um, I am on all pretty much all social media platforms with the exception I'm on Twitter, but I don't really engage there. It's not my jam. But Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, at Karmic K A R M I C Kindness K I N D N E S S dot com. I'm also on TikTok and that's at Amalia Karmic Kindness. So those are the best platforms to find me. And then my website is karmickindness.com. And there's all sorts of information there. I have some free resources. I have a link for courses that I'm adding to regularly. So right now I just have a few, but I will be adding more. And I'm also going to be hosting a number of masterclasses and short form online workshops for people to really help them access their, their inner world a little bit more to, to nourish and nurture their relationship with self, to help remove toxic relationships. That's been a huge one that's come up with a lot of my clients and people in my, in my circle and my orbit. So it's been a request that I am honoring along with moving oh. through anger a lot of anger has come up for people. And so being able to process and move through some of that energy is also another area. If your listeners have anything that they're really struggling with or having a hard time, please send me a message. I love to hear from people and hear what they need because I might have a tool. And if I don't, then I may have somebody on my podcast to talk about it and to offer those resources. And no, I guess that's another thing that might be good to mention is that I have a podcast called Soulful, S-U-L-F-U-L-L, Sessions that Kristen was a recent guest on also. And there's a lot of conversations, there are conversations to nourish and nurture your soul with folks who might have answers that that your listeners would really be interested in. So I'm kind of all over. Uh, there's all sorts of different ways that we can work together. And then I have ongoing coaching programs. I don't do one-off sessions I, unless it's a support session after someone signed on for a program. But if anyone's interested, they can go to my website or send me an email and I'm happy to answer any questions. That's incredible. I, I, yeah, if people are wanting to sign up and do some coaching work and things like that, you really have to commit to, you know, at, at least a few months of working together to really get into the nitty gritty. It doesn't happen in one session. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And thanks so much for today and sharing all that. It was really nice to have you on. This was my first ever podcast and yay. And so uh, thanks for being my bestie to join me. And I, I just want to tell everyone that I really appreciate you listening. And I hope everyone has an organically beautiful day.